Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 19th of June, 2023. We are back live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and I managed to get it working this week, the Wilmsfront Rumble channel, and of course, broadcasting through the interactive Entropy software, which I put the link into the live chat. So you can ask me a direct question or even better yet, send it through Super Chats to support and not just Tim's News Explosion, but other Unshackled productions. Hello to everyone who's joining in the chat, the Peak Oziman and Larrikin. It is 8.30 p.m. here in Melbourne, Victoria, where the winter winter chills continue. I've been shivering so much uh, this past week. I can't wait for this summer uh, dry El Nino, uh, which uh, we've been promised by the the Bureau of Meteorology. It feels like a freezing winter that uh, we had last year as well. But uh, we may here be saying goodbye soon to Premier Dan Andrews, uh, rumours uh, that uh, he will be stepping down sooner rather than later, returned last week uh, with uh, this report in the Herald Sun, not that uh, uh, the Herald Sun, particularly uh, when uh, uh, particularly Dan's uh, supporters, they don't uh, give, uh, give uh, much, uh, much uh, credibility to the Herald Sun's Dan News. It's by their political editors. Uh, So it talks about the succession planning for a potential handover of power uh, to his uh, anointed successor uh, uh, from his own socialist left planning, uh, the Transport Minister and Infrastructure Minister Jacinta Allen. So sources have said that uh, the Deputy Premier has been advised to start building a team around her that would be ready to hit the ground running at short notice. And uh, staff for Dan Andrews are considering future employment opportunities away from government. Now, Dan Andrews has committed to serving the full four-year term until 2026. Obviously, uh, when Dan does go, there's going to be a jostling for who would be the next deputy premier. It's not a fatal complete that uh, Jacinta Allen would be a premier uh, because uh, if another MP nominates within caucus and receives a fifth of the vote, a ballot would have to be held among Labour Party members and sitting MPs, a caretaker premier would have to be installed because democracy has uh, now been uh, restored back to Labour Party members, if you can call the 
Victorian Labor Party Democrat, Democratic, remember it was under administration uh, by the, the federal Australian Labor Party executive because of the 60 Minutes branch stacking uh, uh, reports into Dan Andrews' factional rival Adam Somurak from the right, who is now a Democratic Labor Party MLC. Uh, but uh, there are other insiders who've said, no, this is not happening imminently and the Premier is unlikely to go while his children still attend school. And if he resigned as Premier, he would lose his uh, security presence. Uh, they, uh, the speculation is that he would live overseas when he quits, where he would not be easily recognised. Now... Last end of last week, I filmed some more reports from Tiger Mountain with Richard Wilsoncroft, and uh, I just published his his first report on the weekend. And he said that uh, he'd miss Dan Andrews when he's gone because he always loved there, he always liked there to be a guy you love to hate. And they're the Herald Sun; they're definitely going to miss Dan as well. How many great front pages? has he given them, which entices uh, people who hate Dan to, to, to buy it. But I will certainly be celebrating uh, when he goes. Uh, I noticed Lady of Shalott there has said this woman will be 10 times worse. She's the, the member for Bendigo. I, I don't know if it's Bendigo East or Bendigo West, but she, her electorate's in, in Bendigo. I mean, she has overseen uh, significant cost blowouts in infrastructure projects. I mean, so so she she's been she's she's been at the centre of the Andrews government financial mismanagement, and uh, as I've explained to you previously, all the infrastructure projects they're quid pro quo. I mean, when I was going up to uh, to driving to to richard's place i i drove past the the north east link construction sites it's not going to be ready for another six years and i saw at each work site a cfmeu flags there was even a cfmeu flag in the aboriginal flag colors as well it's, it's like they were showing off that this is our construction project and they said they remember the CMFMU. you i even if you think dan's a prick vote for him because he's going to give us jobs now of course if the federal parliamentary sitting week was rocked last week the federal coalition had made the uh, the political strategic decision to go after finance minister Katie Gallagher about uh, what she knew or uh, what she knew about uh, Brittany Higgins allegation before uh, she went public or well, an interview aired on the project. Katie Gallagher, said, uh, you remember she said uh, when Linda Reynolds said, uh, claimed that I was tipped off by one of your senators two, two weeks prior that, uh, that, uh, you were going to politically weaponize this. Katie Gallagher said, nobody had any knowledge. How dare you? Katie Gallagher said that I didn't mislead the parliament. I, I didn't, I, I knew that something was about to break, but I didn't uh, do anything with that information. And now Liberal Senator David Van, when he got up to uh, speak 
about uh, what he uh, believed was the mistreatment of Linda Reynolds, who was Brittany Higgins' employer at the time when the alleged uh, rape happened and who was relentlessly pursued by the Labor opposition at the time. She ended up in, in hospital on mental, for, well, for her own mental, mental health. So when he started talking about that, Lydia Thorpe inter, interjected with this torpedo. Kate Jenkins handed Deputy President, Deputy President, Deputy President, would you, Senator, Senator Thorpe, please. Those opposite continue to attack Senator Reynolds and throw mud across the chamber while claiming in, indemnity and innocence. Senator Thorpe, please, please, Senator Thorpe. Senator Thorpe, Senator Thorpe, please. Senator Thorpe, I've called you to order. Please be at order. Withdraw that comment, please. Well, I, didn't, I didn't hear the comment, but Senator Thorpe, if, if, please just withdraw. Senator Thorpe, Senator Thorpe, please withdraw. It Senator is Thorpe is not assisting. Senator Thorpe, I'll ask you to withdraw, to consider withdrawing that. Thank you. The discourse in this chamber and elevate how we treat each other. Transparency, honesty. Order, Senator Thorpe. Uh, relay that I'm feeling really uncomfortable when a perpetrator is speaking about violence. Senator Thorpe, Senator Thorpe that's inappropriate and reflected pulling the member, and I have to ask you to withdraw that. I can't, because this person Senator Thorpe, I, I would just warn you at this point, at this point sexually this, assaulted that, that, me, Senator, Senator Thorpe, and the Prime Minister had to remove him from his office, Senator and to Thorpe, have him talking about this today is an absolute disgrace. I have to, uh, Senator Thorpe, I have to call you to order. I'm going to refer, have to refer that to the President, I think. I'm going to refer it to the president, uh, rather than I'm just looking at the leaders. I'm, my, my course of action is to refer it to the president. Senator Van, please continue with your contribution. I utterly reject that statement, that disgusting statement, outright. It is just a lie, and I reject it. Sorry, I just Senator. Can't. Van. Sorry, I withdraw the word like. It's just not true. May I continue? Yes. So that happened on Wednesday last week. And of course, it was huge news because Lydia Thorpe, when she made that allegation against David Van, it was in the Senate and she all members of parliament are protected by parliamentary privilege when speaking in the chamber, which means that it can't be sued uh, for statements that they made. Uh, but uh, the Senate standing orders still apply, uh, which means that you can't attack a fellow senator's character. And so Lydia Thorpe later uh, withdrew uh, what she said about David Van later that evening and said that she would make a full statement tomorrow and uh, she she talked about how she was in her words cornered in a stairwell by an unnamed senator because the senate standing orders 
eye that uh, you can't uh, you, you can't besmirch a fellow senator's character so she didn't name him and said her the reason she said that she used the word sexual assault is because uh, according to her people have different definitions of what constitutes sexual assault she said she was inappropriately touched that was the term she used she said she won't uh, go to the police or or a or seek uh or seek other legal remedies uh through uh, like such as uh, such as uh, suing and that sort of thing and she said this is my choice as as uh, someone who was sexually assaulted and that uh, the police are not the experts and because lydia thorpe is the girl who cried wolf and uh, we've seen how <laughs> for example uh, when uh, she was abusing those men outside of that uh, strip club how uh, she tried to twist what was clearly clearly visible on on that tape she claimed that she uh, she was the one who uh, who was uh, who, who was unprovokedly verbally attacked when it, in the 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 strip club manager Ubanda said that she was the one who was ranting about stolen land before all that happened uh, so many people did not believe Lydia Thorpe uh, when uh, she made that made that allegation especially uh, since she was protected by parliamentary privilege uh, Pauline Hansen of One Nation certainly didn't believe her and said that they were crocodile tears and there was an ex uh, uh, there was a exchange picked up by the microphones uh, uh, when uh, Lydia Thorpe uh, was speaking and Pauline Hanson interjected. As all women that have walked the corridors of this building know, it is not a safe place. Oh, we must continue to stand strong, stand together, and never be silenced. Thank you, Senator Thorpe. Uh, senators. Now, that was on Thursday around lunchtime when Lydia Thorpe made her statement. Then, just before question time, Peter Dutton. He uh, appeared before the media, didn't take any questions, but said uh, that uh, he'd had a meeting with uh, David Van and informed him that he would not be sitting in the federal liberal par uh, parliamentary party room. I didn't know that the federal leader could make that decision unilaterally. He said he'd been made aware of other allegations uh, uh, regarding uh, Dave, uh, David Van, and then later in the evening, a uh, former uh, Liberal National Senator from Queensland, Amanda Stoker, now Sky News host, uh, she put out a statement uh, uh, stating that uh, she uh, that uh, David Van at an informal uh, uh, social gathering in Parliament House that uh, David Van squeezed her bottom twice. Uh, Amanda Stoker claims that uh, because it happened twice, she concluded it wasn't an accident and she 
you, in her words, used internal processes to, to make a complaint and well, gave David Van a dressing down that that behavior was not appropriate and it was not to be repeated. She confided in uh, Michaela Cash that, look, this is what happened. Uh, if you hear of something similar, similar happening, uh, then we obviously know that he, he is an alleged repeat offender. And so Amanda Stoker, she hosted Credlin on Friday evening, and she said that uh, the reason she put out a statement is because, well, she was being contacted by journalists and she, she wanted to put out her version of events. And she said that uh, what transpired uh, in, or what she didn't, I don't think she named Leothorpe, but said that given what's, uh, what's, uh, come up this week that speaking uh, spe uh, speaking up and out was the right thing to do and it's certainly within women's prerogative uh, to say, uh, to say that that sort of behavior is unacceptable now david van he denies both uh, the lydia thorpe and amanda stoker allegations peter dutton said that there is apparently a third allegation uh, though he's not going to go into specifics because that woman wants to remain anonymous and david van he resigned from the liberal party on saturday he was probably going to be expelled the the federal liberal council was meeting in canberra and he put out a statement uh, which was addressed to Greg Mirabella, the uh, Liberal Party Victorian president. He accused the Liberal Party of having wholesale disregard for due process and natural justice in relation to allegations made, made against me. I resign my membership effective immediately. I cannot remain a member of a party that tramples upon the very premise on which our justice system is precated. This is a travesty of justice, and I, and I reiterate that I deny the allegations made against me. I resign also acknowledging the cruel irony in doing so amidst public discourse about the weaponization of allegations and the role of the rule of law, which has its, its center, the presumptions of innocence. I'm deeply distressed and hurt that I've not been afforded procedural fairness in relation to these claims. I acknowledge the hundreds of members who have shown me support in my final days as a member. I am grateful for the belief, uh, for their belief in my honesty and integrity. I've worked tirelessly for the party and fought hard for its beliefs beliefs over many years. I've continued to fight for what I thought the party's values, not just under its banner. Now, David Van, he was elected as a Liberal Senator for Victoria at the 2019 federal election at number three on the, the ticket. Uh, so Jane Hume was number one, James Patterson was number two for the Liberal. The number three for the Liberal, it's always quite uh, 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 quite uh, difficult uh, for the Liberals to get a a third seat and obviously fell short at the last federal election. Greg Mirabella, now the Victorian Liberal president, he lost his Senate seat to Ralph Babbitt of the United Australia Party. So David Van, he probably wasn't going to be re-elected uh, well, uh, re at the 2025 federal election when his term expired uh, so it was a no-name backbencher probably wasn't getting get re-elected so he was easy to discard by peter dutton uh, and because 
the Liberal Party. Uh, they they want to uh, remake themselves as a party for women's rights and women's safety. Uh, David Van, even though Peter Dutton said, "I'm not judging the veracity of the allegations," uh, but obviously, not just uh, it wasn't just kicked out of the par uh, parliamentary party room, but he was forced out of the Liberal Party, and also Peter Dutton wants him to resign from Parliament. Uh, now, part uh, partly the reason why the Liberal Party now wants to be the party of women's rights and women's safety is because, uh, obviously, many in the 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 Liberal uh, the Liberal Party and the wider community, led by Moira Deeming don't want biological males in women's spaces. They believe that that's a threat to their safety. And at a, the Federal uh, Liberal Council, uh, there was a senior group of Liberal women who demanded that John Pesciuto apologise to Moira Deeming and reinstated the Parliamentary Party, claiming she had been silenced without basis. As this article says, the saga has put Prosciutto's leadership to the test as he enters the must-wing Warrandyte by-election. Uh, so on Friday morning, the Liberal Party Federal Women's Committee voted in favour of calling for deeming to be recalled. So the motion passed by one vote. This committee is, is tasked with advising the party on policy matters, prompting participation by women in the party. It reports to the federal executive. And so the statement says, as the peak women's body of the Liberal Party of Australia, the Federal Women's Committee, is concerned by the actions of John Pesciuto and the actions taken by some members of the Liberal parliamentary team. Expulsion of Moira Deeming MLC was without basis. Women have a right to participate in federal politics without fear of cancellation. The silencing of women has no place in the Liberal Party. The Warrandyte pre-selection was liberal pre-selection was held on sunday john prosciutto said that he wanted a female candidate and that is who was selected uh, so nicole werner who was the liberal party's uh, failed candidate uh, for box hill at the the recent state election she suffered a eight percent swing on primary and four percent two party preferred warrandite neighbors Box Hill. Uh, so she is a local. Uh, she is of uh, Chinese Malaysian uh, ethnicity. And but uh, the the reason why there is uh, there has uh, been a a focus on her after a pre-selection, particularly on Twitter, is uh, because she is a former pastor at Planet Shakers Church in Melbourne, which is a Pentecostal church. Uh, part of the uh, Pentecostal Australian Christian Churches Network. And now Planet Shakers Church has never been accused of anything, uh, anyth hasn't been accused of anything in the media. Uh, so uh, you, it's fair to argue that if, <laughs> if there was uh, something something that uh, the media media uh, thought was bad at Planet Shakers, uh, they would report it. And now there is nothing wrong, of course there is nothing wrong with uh, Christians, whether they be Pentecostal, Catholics, members of the Anglican Uniting Church uh, running for office. In fact, there's a, a Chinese Malaysian Christian woman who's the foreign minister of Australia, Penny Wong. Yes, Penny Wong. Uh, she is a, a Christian 
as well. Uh, so that's what uh, Nicole Warner and uh, Penny Wong have in common. And uh, now this uh, speech that Nicole Warner made uh, to a Victorian Liberal meeting before the last election is apparently meant to attack her. Uh, but I'll play it for you and you be the judge. Suffering from a tyrant's socialist agenda that insists on teaching our kids woke crap in our education system, not to mention living under dictator Dan's Victoria over the past two years with unwarranted nighttime curfews, being confined to house arrest, and day after day, of being locked out of our places of worship and visiting loved ones, shame, and day after day getting the blessing of being berated and belittled by the dictator's daily press conferences. Of the health advice that we never got to see, the faulty decisions that no one seems to ever recall in the longest lockdown city in the world. This is the Victoria that we are left as a legacy with, and I am angry about it, as should you be. I'm furious, in fact. That's why I'm standing for Parliament, and that's why I'm here so resolved over the fact that we, we collectively have 57 days, in fact 45 days till pre-poll, just PSA everyone, to do something about it. I hear everywhere that I go, whether it's door knocking or on listening posts or in shopping centres, that there are people that have been lifetime Labor voters that have given up on the Labor Party because they have given up on Victorians. So it is upon us, it is our responsibility to convince every man and his dog that we cannot afford another four years under an Andrews government. So on that note, enough from me. Wow, she sounds totally based, and you could tell in her speech she was mad as hell against Dictator Dan and what he did to us in Victoria during COVID. And even though, like as I mentioned, she's of uh, Mal Malaysian Chinese ethnicity, she sounds she sounds very Aussie. Uh, now, as I as I mentioned, uh, she was the Liberals' candidate for. Uh, Box Hill, uh, which uh, there was a there was a swing against her, and uh, she was quite shocked that uh, she lost, since she was young, female, ethnically Chinese, a true local with strong connections to the community. Community, I had everything going for me. I ran a strong campaign over nine months, quitting my job to campaign full time, giving it everything I had, poured my heart to serve my community, offered them a committee representative in Parliament. My campaign amassed a following that was unusual for a Liberal candidate. There was no shortage of volunteer resources or support. I spoke the language of the Chinese community in Mandarin, Albert Pauli, of young people on social media, of young women being one of them. My candidacy attracted significant media attention in various outlets, including front pages, feature stories, and news reports, which were all positive. Obviously, we all remember what happened in the Aston by-election uh, when the, well, it was the, the Liberal uh, State Council, it wasn't a local pre-selection like here, picked uh, Rashida Campbell, in a, a woman of, of colour, of Indian background, to run for Aston, and there was a 6% swing against the Liberal Party and Labor's Mary Doyle won it and is now the, the member for action, though she was an out of towner uh, she lived in brunswick uh, so nicole uh, werner she lives in the general area uh, so the 
Labour Party, they haven't decided yet if they're going to run. It's a 4.3% margin. Uh, but uh, they would certainly want to, given that uh, the latest Resolve poll, the Liberals are not polling well at the, the federal level, but in Victoria, their, their recent uh, poll, uh, <laughs> the most recent poll, is catastrophic. So uh, Labor is on a primary vote of 41%, the Coalition 26, and the Greens on 15%. So we are still a, a one-party state. And so how much lower can the Liberals go? It's going to be a lose-lose for John Pesciuto since uh, uh, since Nicole Werner is, well, she, she is uh, base. So if they if she loses, then Prosciutto is gone because he's lost a by-election. But if she wins, there's one more based Liberal member in the, the parliamentary party room who are, going to be, who are wanting to, to agitate for a different direction than what John Prosciutto wants to take to the party. We had also on Saturday afternoon uh, the Victorian Labor Party conference, uh, which obviously Dan Andrews was there, and so was uh, Anthony Albanese. And there was this uh, really, <laughs> uh, really bizarre failed handshake uh, between the two. Now there wasn't really anything of substance that was that was uh, decided at either either of uh, these meetings these conference meetings on on the weekend but they're they're all a show uh, for the the cameras to show unity and to, to rally the faithful here it is a hero's welcome <laughs> oh, here we go anthony albanese hailed by the labor how can you not know how to do that? Uh, I mean, <laughs> to, to to lift your hands up there. Wouldn't you have you rehearsed it beforehand? I thought Dan Andrews was a master at uh, at, at uh, uh, choreographing things. Now the the David uh, Van accusations uh, they had the effect of completely letting Katie Gallagher off the hook uh, over uh, over allegedly misleading the parliament and what she knew beforehand about Brittany Higgins' allegation. At the end of last week, she made a statement to the Senate and, of course, turned on the, the waterworks as it, it, when talking about it. And she probably considers herself the luckiest woman in Canberra this past weekend. Well, she was never going to lose her job. I mean, Albanese backed her to the hilt. Over the past week, coalition members, including those at the centre of the rape allegations, have been alleging that I have misled the Senate over comments I made almost two years ago. I reject those allegations. I take my responsibilities to this place as a senator very seriously, and I have always conducted myself with the highest levels of integrity. And I always will. I did not mislead the Senate. At Senate estimates on the June the 4th, 2021, the then De Minister for Defence, Senator Reynolds, said, I know where this started. She went on to say, I was told by one of your senators two weeks before about what you were intending to do with the story in my office, two weeks before. I was shocked at the assertion made by Senator Reynolds with the clear implication that I was responsible or had some involvement with making that story public. That was not true. It was never true. And I responded to that allegation by saying no one had any knowledge. 
I was provided with information in the days before the allegations were first reported, and I did nothing with that information, absolutely nothing. I was asked to keep it to myself, and I did. I did nothing differently on this occasion compared to hundreds of other times that people have reached out to me in my time as a politician and asked me to keep their information private, including women seeking support over alleged sexual assaults, violence and harassment. Being available and trusted by our constituents is fundamental to the jobs we do on behalf of them. I was not involved in any way with the story that went to air on the night or was reported online that morning. I was in no way involved with the timing in which this story was published or aired. Any allegation or assertion that I did is wrong and I reject it in the strongest possible terms. So there you go. She stuck to her story and uh, she's managed to, to cruise through. Uh, now, at the, the federal level, there is uh, going to be a by-election, the Fadden by-election, uh, triggered by the resignation of former Morrison government minister Stuart Robert, who was one of the RoboDebt four ministers. So that'll be on the 15th of July. So the Liberal National Party of Queensland pre-selected Cameron Caldwell, a Gold Coast City Councillor. He stood down uh, from, uh, from being a candidate at a, the Queensland state election around 10 years ago because uh, there was a, a media story that he'd been at a swingers uh, club. Uh, but uh, he is... He, he's managed to, to get through the, the pre-selection against uh, other candidates and like <laughs> Australians, they don't really care about that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously swingers clubs are uh, consensual. Uh, so it's not like that, like he's been accused of any impropriety. Labor uh, pre-selected the same candidate they chose at the, the last federal election. Uh, Letita Del Fabro, a Griffith University nurse educator. But uh, all Australians will be voting uh, sometime later this year uh, with the voice referendum legislation passing the Senate today. Sponsored by Pfizer. Yes, I've been forgetting to play the voice music uh, when I've been discussing it the, the last few shows, so I thought it'd be good to, to play it again. Uh, so the referendum has to be held in the next six months. The, the date that, well, the month that uh, is on most people's mirror, mirror, uh, metaphorical money on is, is in October, after the AFL and NRL grand finals, where there'll probably be lots of voice propaganda. Obviously, the polls have turned very badly for the Yes campaign. Uh, they still haven't spent any of their, their $10 million war chest to saturate online television. But uh, we heard in the Senate today from both uh, Pauline Hanson and Lydia Thorpe from different, uh, uh, different ends of the, the no side 
Uh, Lydia Thorpe, obviously, she opposes the voice because she she believes that this is, well, uh, the, the, this is submitting to what the the the, the white colonizer wants. She tw uh, tweeted on Twitter, "Happy Assimilation Day." Pauline Hanson obviously believes that all Australians are equal. She uh, she goes back to her base self. She says that uh, that uh, Aborigines, uh, those with Aboriginal blood, say they're connected through uh, cave drawings and uh, dream time. But my descendants and I'm connected to the land as well. Uh, my ancestors, they worked, worked this land as well. So they are just as connected as well. Man says, don't believe the polling. Australians will vote for it. I, don't, I, I reckon it's going down. Ron Nielsen says, how about a referendum on zero immigration? Well, that's never going to happen because governments only ask questions that they know that they're going to get the answer that they want on. Now, I'll turn to an Australian crime uh, report. Now, obviously, uh, we have seen and we'll get to, uh, we saw that uh, uh, fatal uh, stabbing uh, by a West African immigrant in, in Nottingham, three people murdered. We we often think that these sorts of knife attacks, there was obviously the mass stabbing by a Syrian uh, refugee on children in France as well. We sort, we sort of think these, the, these horrific attacks happen here. There wouldn't be a knife-wielding psycho here in Australia. Well, there was a knife-wielding psycho on a Melbourne tram uh, this weekend. He robbed a convenience store, then entered a tram. Victoria Police ordered that uh, the the tram be locked until they got there, which that's quite, <laughs> that would be so scary for the people who are on there. But I'll play the Nine News segment because you actually have to see the footage to just see how scary that that is. Good evening. A man has threatened to stab and kill several young women aboard a city tram before heavily armed police took him down with a taser. The entire terrifying ordeal was filmed by one of almost a dozen passengers who were trapped inside until help arrived. Adam Hegarty has the latest. Terrifying barely begins to describe it. As he points the 20 centimetre blade at a passenger, clutching her head, police have to strike. <laughs> Tactical armed officers in front of 10 extraordinarily calm commuters, almost like they're used to it. Put the knife down, Finally, they're allowed off. Everyone off, everyone off. Everyone get off the Tamara Janic was among them. I was terrified. I was broken this morning. You weren't too sure what he was going to do next. Imagine at 23 hearing this metres away. I just thought I'll kill one of these girls. That's when, like, yeah, I got really scared. It was, it was really scary. I looked at a passenger that was kind of next to me and I was trying to mimic what he was doing and he was kind of just backing slowly away. But try to make as little movement as possible so he doesn't see us. The Route 48 tram on the corner of Collins and King Streets, 8.25 this morning. Police say the 57-year-old stole cash at knife point from a Collins Street 7-Eleven. He then boarded the tram near Southern Cross Station. Police there before the next stop. The start of the ordeal, somehow, as scary as how it ended. Open the 
On police orders, the tram driver initially locked the man in. He did not feel comfortable at all, but once um, another unit came, I think that's when he thought, that's it, um, I'm opening the doors, and he just opened the doors without any instructions. He had enough as well. Absolutely terrified. The sight of officers set the man off. Get the car out of here, or I'll start killing these girls. Negotiations failed, but the taser didn't. I walked home from work. I just didn't want to be stuck in the tram again. Adam, have any charges been laid? They have been, Alicia. Indeed, several charges this evening against that 57-year-old man. He'll front court this evening. Uh, those several charges include threats to kill, aggravated robbery and also assault. Police have also confirmed tonight that one of those women aboard that tram did suffer minor injuries during the ordeal. And that brings us to the point of safety aboard the tram network, the transport union, wants roving police to focus on trams in and around the CBD. Bit of a tough ask, naturally, with police resources where they are at the moment, but also, Alicia, to put that into context, Yarra Trams have also released a statement this evening praising how quick police were. Well, lucky police were quick, given that they ordered the tram driver to lock him in, lock him in the tram, which of course set him off. We threatened to murder uh, one of the the girls. I don't know why Victoria Police made that call, but they're lucky that he didn't uh, stab any of those uh, girls. Though, if he had uh, stabbed and murdered one of them, it uh, would have it probably would have given him Antifa membership uh, since uh, Antifa allow uh, lady killer stabbers uh, to be part of their protests. And as I've previously uh, stated, uh, that if uh, Paul Denyer is, heaven forbid, ever granted uh, parole, uh, he he would probably be welcome to Antifa events. Now, Dan Andrews, for some reason, he is not backing a bill by David Limbrick, who uh, was uh, the boyfriend of uh, one of one of Denia's uh, three uh, female victims who he stabbed to death, Natalie Russell. Uh, the Liberal opposition is backing it, but Dan Andrews says that, oh, it's not needed a legislation to keep him locked up for life because the parole board can do his, do his job. I have a conspiracy theory that Dan Andrews, he secretly wants Paul Denyer, or he probably refers to him as Paula Denyer, probably wants Paula Denyer uh, released uh, because he claims to be transgender and maybe that's why he murdered those women. This is just a conspiracy theory I have about why uh, Dan Andrews is refusing to keep uh, this evil man in prison. And he wrote a letter from uh, prison uh, to uh, da David Limbrick, where he claimed that he's not a danger to society and he promises, if given a second chance, I'll never go back to the Frankston Langwarren area. Well, where you would live if you, heaven forbid, were uh, paroled, uh, that there, there would be many people scared if they knew that they were living near near you. And uh, so David Limbrick has repeatedly said that the emotional toll on the victim's families, because he could possibly be, uh, be paroled, is, is cruel. 
and uh, because he will never give up trying Denya to try and get out and this letter proves it so yes i mean paul Denya, he needs to be locked up for the rest of his life it was i didn't live in the frankston mornington peninsula back in the the 90s i was only four years old but it was a, it was a fear city at that at that time in Frankston, there's a documentary on on Stan uh, revealed uh, by the ages crime reporter John Sylvester Sly about uh, just how well chilling. Uh, obviously, you have to be uh, chilling and a psychopath, sociopath to to murder three uh, three random women, uh, but. That just that documentary just shows just how evil he is. And uh, now at the the federal uh, level, uh, the uh, the Attorney General Mark Dreyfus he has announced that there will be a federal Nazi symbol ban, and this will include the uh, banning of uh, sale uh, online and in retail stores of Nazi rememberabilia. Remember, this has been a a dream goal of Devere Abramovich of the Anti-Defamation Commission. Uh, So Mark Dreyfus, uh, he made this announcement uh, last week. Uh, So uh, obviously, Every state in Australia is it's is going through the process of banning the Nazi swastika. It's already illegal in Victoria, New South Wales. So this is just a symbolic federal piece of legislation, and also because Peter Dutton and the opposition were uh, were lobbying for it. Uh, now the Nazi symbol ban doesn't cover online, so Rebel News Australia is able to publish a photo of the swastika on its website. Now, the state of Victoria as well uh, wants to ban the Nazi uh, salute. Mark Dreyfus said that uh, this can't be done uh, federally. As, uh, he said that uh, the, the federal legislation proved the government was against displays of hate. Now, of course, the, the slippery slope of these sorts of hate symbol bans is that they keep getting expanded and now there's a a push uh, to ban the display of the croatian udice symbol uh, which is on the flag of the independent state of croatia the sydney morning herald did an investigative piece symbols of hate the lingering afterlife of croatian fascism in australia now i previously explained why there is fascist supporters and sympathies in the uh, Croatian diaspora because Antti Pavlik, who who was an ally of Adolf Hitler, the leader of the Yurishe, he founded the first modern independent state of Croatia, uh, which was called the independent state of Croatia. So I we saw at the Australia Cup final, uh, Sydney United, who's who, who who the club was started by Croatian immigrants. A uh, one one of the the, the fans uh, was banned uh, for 
allegedly doing a Nazi uh, salute. Now, obviously, if you before they're the normie, they think yes. I mean, you know, we've got to ban all all symbols that uh, were ever associated with Nazi Germany. But none of us are Croatian, and so obviously, it, it, it's it's part of Croatian history that the first independent state of Croatia uh, happened to be a a regime happened to be a party that supported Nazi Germany and fascist Italy. So how can you ban a historical symbol of a country? I mean, we're getting into really, really like the actual slippery slope when we start banning uh, historical symbols of a country. Now, an update on uh, some, uh, 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 some, activists uh, that you may know who are currently in prison. Uh, so you may know of a, a, a activist who, well, basically he, had, he has a YouTube channel. He's, uh, it's called Nanya Business, uh, where he basically trolls members of uh, Victoria Police uh, <laughs> wasting their time. Uh, Victoria Police have finally uh, got, uh, finally uh, got their revenge on him. Uh, he took a, a plea deal uh, and uh, so will be in prison uh, for uh, four and a half months. Uh, so he pled guilty to stalking and harassing Victoria police officers. And uh, my former a Brawl in the Brain uh, co-host, uh, Jared Seabee, uh, you might remember he uh, joined Thomas Sewell's National National Socialist Network. After that, he uh, joined the uh, Fink's motorcycle gang. Uh, he and his mate uh, Jimmy, uh, they are on uh, remand. Uh, they were arrested uh, two weeks ago as part of a a. a I guess uh, they're, they're they're continuing operations uh, against uh, bikey bikey uh, bikey groups. Uh, so uh, Jimmy, uh, he was refused bail on charges including aggravated burglary, extortion, uh, and uh, committing an indictable offence on bail. Uh, Jared faces charges including trafficking and possessing ice, and uh, making unwanted demands with menacing to two people and trespassing under Wodonga home on June the 1 with intent to steal, possessing drugs while on bail. Remember, these are all allegations. Uh, so as you know, my, uh, my view on the drug war is that uh, prohibition is is a failure war on drugs is a failure so i'm not particularly bothered by drug dealers peddlers users or anything like that i mean they they were they were these these outlaw motor motorcycle gangs that's what they're called probably wouldn't exist if drugs were all legal there now moving on to overseas and the pride month degeneracy and decadence continues remember joe biden had his uh, well his uh, pride event at the white house in violation of the 
a US flag code. And now one of the invited guests, trans woman influencer, Rose Montoya, he took her top off and covered her fake breasts and initially uh, didn't apologize for it. But after there uh, was significant backlash, including from a other transgender activist, uh, she did apologize. So this is, I created this uh, montage from the start of the, the flashing itself, then her then her trying to justify it, and then her apologizing. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor. France rights are human rights. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Are we topless at the White House? It has recently come to my attention that conservatives are trying to use the video of me topless at the White House to try to call the community groomers, etc. And I would just like to say that, first of all, going topless in Washington, D.C. is legal. And I fully support the movement in freeing the nipple because why is my chest now deemed inappropriate or illegal when I show it off? However, before coming out as trans, it was not. All you're doing is affirming that I am a woman. All you're doing <laughs> is saying that trans women are women. In a quick moment of fleeting and overwhelming trans joy, I decided to do something unbecoming of a guest of the president at the White House lawn celebration. More so than ever before, I have learned how powerful and just how impactful my actions are and how impactful it is when we share our stories and experiences and how we do so with the world. I wanna take this moment to apologize for the impact of my actions. I especially want to apologize to my black trans brothers and siblings, especially transgender women who are black, because I understand that you all are constantly at a disproportionate level impacted by the actions of others and especially by anti-trans violence. I would also like to apologize to my family and friends who have been harassed. I would also like to apologize to my own community, the 2SLGBTQPIA plus community. And last but not least, I would like to apologize to the president, the White House, and the nation. Now, what, what she did, and now I said in the chat the reason why I am, call, I, I, I am calling uh, calling uh, this uh, tra trans influencer, Rose uh, Montoya, she is because YouTube does not allow misgendering. That's what the Daily Wire guys are finding out. Now, her flashing her fake boobs, it's its obviously not the most degenerate act that's occurred at the White House, uh, given what uh, happened uh, under, Bill, uh, under the Oval Office desk uh, when Bill Clinton was uh, sitting, uh, sitting at it. Uh, there was a woman underneath 
a underneath the the desk, and there was uh, of course uh, some white a uh, gooey substance that went everywhere on her dress and probably went on the desk itself but of course this was in public a like she she actually filmed it there so it wasn't in the in the 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 oval office where nobody could see of it now the la dodgers uh, they uh, they went through with giving the uh the blasphemous sisters of perpetual indulgence uh drag a group an award a lot of their fans boycotted the game and uh, there was a street protest in los angeles uh, by christian fans of the la dodgers and they gave uh, the award uh, to uh, the sisters of potential indulgence hours before the game so there was not that many to boo and jeer them And now there is a backlash. Obviously, there are, there has been an intense backlash against uh, the the pride uh, groomer events but there is now a backlash from the targets themselves the children there was a revolt at a massachusetts uh, school uh, during a, a when they were were told uh, more like ordered to to wear uh, pride uh, wear to school uh, this is what happened, and this is the distraught principle. Displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day, but some organized a counter protest wearing red, white, and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up, some students chanted USA are my pronouns, and students showing Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's... That's offensive to to me, who I am straight. So the kids are all right, uh, but uh, the groomers obviously they didn't get uh, the the chance uh, to really indoctrinate uh, those school children when they were really really young, uh, which is now uh, what. Uh, now what uh, they're, they're doing now, they're targeting, targeting, uh, well, as soon as they can, what is it, uh, uh, walk, uh, walk or crawl, uh, they're, targeting, uh, they're, they're targeting the children uh, with rainbow alphabet pride stuff. Uh, this includes 
Sesame Street. This was a Pride Month message from Sesame Street. Elmo and I wanted to share that everyone is always welcome on Sesame Street. This month and every month, we want to uplift and celebrate our LGBTQIA plus family, friends, and communities. Yeah, that's right, Miss Ariana. <laughs> from our Sesame Street family to yours, happy Pride! Elmo loves you. And I love you, Elmo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now, given that Elmo is supposed to be three years old, that is extremely creepy. And why do they choose Elmo to give this message, given that Elmo's original uh, uh, Muppeteer, Kevin Clash, had to give the role up when he was accused of uh, sexual molestation of a minor? Now, obviously, the pride uh, paraphernalia is is uh, not as visible here in Australia because we have our pride events. I shouldn't I shouldn't use the word. Well, we don't. Uh, but our our governments and all of the various entities that uh, they fund put on LGBT pride events during our summer. But the drag queen story times are still occurring throughout Australia. And in fact, the, a lot of them now are being the location is being kept secret. Uh, but the the most difficulty the groomers are having in holding these events, where there are a, a persistent group of protesters, is in Perth. And uh, Stephen Wells uh, uh, from uh, Trigger Everything, uh, he is a, a regular attendee at these, these uh, protests. So he holds the signs, protect children, reject the LGBTQ agenda, men must not wear women's clothing, do it 22.5. This was Nine News Perth, and uh, they took down the, oh, sorry, they turned off uh, replies uh, when they put this to air. Have I got this story here? I hope I have. A drag queen storytime event has descended into chaos in Maylands as both protesters and supporters clashed. Hundreds of people were involved in the fiery exchange with police called in. We're here! We're queer! We're fabulous! Don't mess with us! A Maylands face-off. You've got pedos on your side! 200 activists all fighting for their beliefs involving events like these. Her shadow loves science. Our long library sessions. The drag story time includes a drag artist, not always a drag queen, uh, reading some fabulous books to families. That's it. We're concerned about the pedo grooming associated with reading to uh, kids. Why are they not reading it to the elderly? They're being held across the country. Today's event, though, was secretly changed after police were notified of planned protests. It is so popular. They usually book out within 48 hours. These rivals rallied anyway. We're here today to stand against the Drag Queen Story Hour, the continual push of gender ideology in our schools and public spaces. Yeah, so we found out that they were going to be um, protesting against the Drag Queen Storytime event, and, well, our response was to call a defence protest. The walls are up and the sides are clear, but this is a battle of who's loudest. How dare you, homophobic! Any sign of trouble and police officers pounced. 
There were plenty of signs, many rainbows and a touch of sparkle. There's some different um, ideas about what happens, but those different ideas come from people who've never attended one. We don't care what you do with your life. We don't care what you do in your private time. But once you start bringing it into a public venue and public spaces, you can't expect to be free of judgment. And they're not just random basement-dwelling losers. They're organised, backed, funded, far-right organisations like the Proud Boys, uh, you know, backed by political groups like One Nation. Protesters say they're not all the same. There's only one real issue. We only have one real reservation, is leave the kids alone. One thing's for sure, story time will go on. Kelly Williams, Nine News. Now, up in Queensland, they passed a gender self-ID law. Uh, So this was a press release uh, put out by the Attorney General, Yvette Darth, who used to be the the Health Minister. And uh, so... The law states that uh, trans and gender diverse uh, people will no longer be required to undergo sexual reassignment surgery to formally register a change of sex. Uh, For children under 16, the laws will allow parents or guardians to apply to the registry where where particular criteria are met for an application made through the Children's Court prior to H altering a child's record the new laws require an assessment of the child by a developmentally informed practitioner who's established professional relationship with them the palaszczuk government's new legislation also provided better recognition of same-sex and gender diverse parents both parents will be able to be registered as either mother or father on the child's birth certificate now the liberal national opposition uh, one nation Cadiz australia party and the independent in the Queensland Parliament opposed it, but because Queensland is a unicameral parliament, the Palaszczuk government can just pass whatever legislation they want. And now, of course, we had a, the the federal uh, parliamentary debate uh, dominated by uh, women's rights and safety on the left's terms, which is that uh, men uh, uh, men can't be uh, trusted, but uh, if they become women, uh, then that's that's okay. Here are the female members of the the Palaszczuk government explaining uh, why uh, the, why uh, women uh, shouldn't be uh, uh, sharing facilities with trans women. Much has been said about what these reforms will mean for women, and I want to be clear that I define a woman as someone who identifies as a woman and that the Queensland government defines a woman as someone who identifies as a woman. Despite repeated claims to the contrary, there is no evidence from any jurisdiction to suggest that women will have fewer rights or be less safe as a result of these changes. As always with these debates, there's some pretty wild assertions made. And let's be really clear about some of those concerns raised that women's safety or rights are under attack. There isn't any evidence of safety issues. There is no credible evidence. No instances of assaults to women by gender diverse people. No accessing women's spaces under false or malicious purposes. No increased risk to terms of gender registration misuse. No inherent risk in these reforms. 
These Conservatives' claim in this regard are entirely misplaced, borderline hysteria when it comes to single-sex places, claims to drive an agenda of fear and division. I don't give a damn what others in the community think, if that's what makes them happy. Yeah, so chill, women of, of Queensland. I mean, we've had this law in Victoria uh, for four years. It's also passed in South Australia, in Tasmania, the ACT and the, the Northern Territory. So as, as, as those Palaszczuk government female ministers said, like, uh, just uh, just uh, get over it and this is we're about making people happy here in fact the victorian website for birth deaths and marriages i has a very uh thorough walkthrough about how you can change a record of sex so i'll just go to it here so i'm a person born in victoria 18 years of older. Uh, so it says here that uh, that uh, accepts most sex descriptors. However, there are some the law does not allow. They may include descriptors that are obscene or offensive. So attack helicopter, impractical, for example, it is too long or contains symbols, restricted for other reasons, for example, chosen for an improper purpose. You must choose a sex descriptor. Uh, you cannot change your gender or sex more than once in the past 12 months, advised if you are detained or subject to court orders. So yes, that's the, 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 the process there uh, to go and go and change, uh, go and change your gender here in Victoria, you have to, uh, there has to be a supporting statement from an adult who has known you for at least 12 months. They must state, believe you're applying in good faith or support your application. Uh, so it, there is a trolling provision uh, where if it's suspected or it's found out that you're trying to change your gender or sex for trolling, uh, then it will be denied. Larrikin says, I would have done it if my license showed it, but I can't show it off. Yes, all the IDs in Australia, apart from your passport, do not show gender. Driver's license, proof of age card, a key pass, they don't show gender. Now, obviously, the we, we have in Australia, well, the, the centre-left parties uh, united in passing uh, it, in passing these trans self ID laws, the Greens, they've purged the TERFs from their party. The Liberal Party, there are uh, obviously a number of a trend of self ID uh, supporters in the, the Liberal Party, but uh, what do the, the polls say uh, by country? So this is from the, the Guardian UK, so it's centered. Uh, that uh, less than half in Britain back gender-affirming care for trans teenagers. Uh, so they polled countries, access to gender-affirming care for teenagers. So the blue is strongly somewhat agree. The red is strongly somewhat disagree. Now, the country that uh, strongly uh, agrees with both ac access to gender-affirming care for ch uh, teenagers and access to facilities matching gender identity 
ahead by a lot with around, with over 70% support and uh, less than 20% opposition is Thailand. Uh, so which I guess probably wouldn't shock many given that, well, Thailand is most famous uh, for its uh, lady boys. And there is a lot of uh, transgender surgery tourism to Thailand by Western trans people in fact the miss universe uh, franchise is now owned by a thai trans businesswoman and jackapong uh, jackarata chib who is uh, a millionaire uh, owns a media company called jkn global group and is a reality tv star uh, hosts uh, Project Runway and is also featured on Shark Take, has two children via surrogacy uh, to her American husband there. So Australia is down near the, is at the top of the lower third. So the countries that are towards the top with Thailand uh, the the Latin countries such as Chile, Portugal, Spain, Italy is a surprise in in both of these, given that well, they, Italy doesn't even have same sex marriage. South Africa is surprisingly high, uh, but a the UK and US are down the bottom. Even Poland and Hungary, which are very traditional Eastern European countries, uh, there is. There is higher support uh, for for the for trans laws than in the UK and US, and in the UK there is a backlash against pride paraphernalia as well. And uh, so this this was a a video shot when uh, some. You would uh, 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 some men. Uh, they were following orders to take down British flags and put up uh, the Progress Pride flag. You're taking the wrong fucking flag down, mate. I don't know that. At least you know that. Uh, so that guy on the crane taking down the British flag and just throwing it on the ground, his defense is it's the, the Nuremberg defense. I'm just following orders here, even though I know what I'm doing is wrong. Now, I saw that uh, Bieber anti-bullying above said that uh, the, the pride flag uh, should be burned. Uh, burn the pride flag. That is just what Lawrence Fox, who is the leader of the Reclaim Party, did. He got a progress pride flag and burnt it. Evening. Um, this is what I think of any flag that represents and stands up for the mutilation of children. Shall be a pride month. 
how awesome is that? I mean, he's done what we're all thinking there. Obviously, you've got to make sure that you burn a flag in a, in a in a safe manner, given that it is summer in the UK and there's all these amber red heat warnings by the UK Health Security Agency and the, the Met office there. Uh, but yeah, that was absolutely awesome what he did there. And the kids are all right in the UK as well. Uh, this was uh, recorded by a student who were pushing back against gender identity by their teachers, who uh, in the end decided to report them to the school, suggested that they might find a, another school. And just look how, how, how well, like, very respectfully polite, these students absolutely destroy their teacher on gender theory. How dare you? You just really upset someone. Saying things like should be in an asylum. I didn't say that. I just said if they, if they want to identify as a cat or something, then they're like genuinely on that. Then they've gone, yeah, they're crazy. You were questioning their identity. No, I wasn't a question. I was just saying about the genders. I haven't said anything about them. So where did you get this idea from that there's only two genders? I just think they're my opinion. That is my opinion. If I respect their opinion, can't they respect my opinion? It is not an opinion. It's not an opinion you can have. Those people think there's only two genders. There's only a boy and a girl yesterday. There's no other private part. There's only two. Gender is not linked to do with the not linked to the parts that you were born with. Gender is about how you identify, which is what I said right from the very beginning yeah, of the no, I just don't agree with that. Yeah. So why should I have to listen biological, to that? Biological sex, there is actually three biological sex, because you can be born intersex. You can be born with male and female body parts or hormones. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah, there's three. There's not 300. doesn't mean... That there's three. I'm talking about biological sex. In terms of gender, there are lots of genders. There is transgender. There is a gender. People yeah, that don't believe that. they have a gender at all. Yeah, but you can't have that. You, are, you, no, you can't have that. It's not a law. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's not a law, but it's our opinion. We just don't agree with it. We just think it's all just. If you have a vagina, you're a girl. If you have a penis, you're a boy. Yeah. But cisgender is not necessarily the way to be. If you were talking about the fact that cisgender is the, the norm, that you identify with the gender. That of the sexual order that you're born with yeah. or you're weird. That's yeah. basically what you're saying. Yeah. Which is really despicable. How? When it's If I called true. my mum right now, my mum would be on my side. If I called my mum, she'd say. Well, that's very sad as well then. How is it? Loads of people agree with that. There's only a small majority of people who actually think that. And why do you think we have so many problems in the world with homophobia? Yeah, but that's not how you find yeah, it. That's not yeah. how gender. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with lesbians and gay people. Same. I've got nothing against them. Yeah. I've got nothing against them. But gender is, there is a link between it. And you're saying that people can't change. No, they can't. They can't. Unless you get a penis attached. No, I'm not. You're confusing sex and gender. No, I'm not, though. Because if you have a vagina, you're a girl. If you have a penis, you're a boy. Yeah. You can't be, you can't have a vagina and be a girl. But then it's Even then, because you've got those genes. How you identify. It's not an opinion that we're expressing this school. No, it's not. And if you don't like it, you need to go to a different school. So I'm I'm reporting you to Miss Willis. You need to have a proper educational conversation about about equality, diversity and inclusion. Because I'm not having that expressed in my lesson. When I'm teaching you about you can be who you want to be, how you identify is up to you. Everyone else thinks it. They just don't say it because then all this happens. 
Maybe because they're polite, maybe they're sensitive. I've never, I haven't said anything in all of the lessons I, I've been in. It's just because they turn around and start saying something. So I said, how can you identify as a cat when you're a girl? Well, yeah. well they're now writing a statement. I would imagine oh. that you'll be asked to write a statement as well. We will. Yeah, we will. Lady Sherlock asks, what the hell is cisgender? I mean, that is being normal. So that is what cisgender is, is that you're a woman who, well, is a woman. And I was reading your comments uh, throughout and yeah, she was absolutely destroyed, that teacher. Well, if she identifies as a she, <laughs> because what is it? Uh, uh, she was saying that you can identify as whatever you want because gender is separate from sex, even though we just went through that on birth certificates, it's the sex that's changed because sex is on birth certificates and it also covers gender identity as well. See how confusing this all is. And so <laughs> the students were seeing the absurdity is that you can identify as whatever you want. And the, the students were saying, what, even a cow or a cat or anything like that. And of course you can identify as whatever you want, uh, but it doesn't change your biology. Now, there is a UK company that has done a Bud Light, and that is hardware store, uh, Wix, one of well, one of their senior directors, their chief operating officer, Fraser Longdon, he did a, he appeared on a Pink News Trans Plus uh, live stream roundtable. Now, Pink News is probably the most cultural Marxist uh, LGBTQ news website. It was founded by uh, Benjamin Cohen. Uh, it was his second media venture. The first website that he published was a social networking site called So Jewish. Uh, so, so I digressed here, uh, uh, but it is very uh, cult uh, culturally Marxist. Uh, this is what uh, John, uh, uh, sorry, Fraser Longdon, uh, the uh, the the Wix chief operating officer, said about his customers uh, that don't like. We're supporting the trans agenda. But also, you know, if I'm honest, and I accept that I, what I'm about to say comes from a position of privilege, you know, it wasn't a lot of people, yeah? And mm. I just decided to ignore it, right? Because I wasn't doing what we were doing at Wix for them. We're not, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to change some of the bigots out there's uh, mind. I'm never going to win that argument with them. So we were doing it to show support to the community and hopefully to try and get people to be more curious in where the most of the population are, which is in this sort of slightly ignorant, um, but mostly kind position. Yeah, because it's moving that group because that's where nearly everybody is. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like that sometimes when the 10% are really going at you, you know, in, in a commercial sense, the people who are sort of going, oh, we're going to boycott you. And we had a few of those and stuff. They're not, you know, if they need a tin of paint, they're going to go to the nearest place to them next time they need one. But however, I would say at the other end of the spectrum, the people who feel supported and feel that we are there for them, they will show you proper loyalty. So, you know, even just taking this down to a very pure commercial perspective, you can build a huge loyalty with one group. The other 10% at the other end, and I'm making up the numbers of 10%, you know, they're just hot air. 
and they will they will go and buy a tin and paint in the nearest place to them and that might have been us before it might not have been us after afterwards and equally if they do come in and buy that tin and paint and behave that way then they're not welcome in our stores anyway now you you heard there that he said that oh it makes commercial sense uh, for us to support the transgender because we'll get more customers and those bigots who uh, who claim they're going to boycott uh, they just uh, still go to our stores anyway well because the share price started to fall uh wix put out a statement claiming that his comments were taken out of context so this uh, this was a this is the statement that they put out or oh, well when they get customer complaints thank you for the, uh, taking the time to get in touch and share your feedback with us on our twitter post regarding comments made by chief operating officer fraser longdon at a recent pink news trans summit fraser is a passionate supporter and advocate for inclusion diversity in the lgbtq plus community and the comments he made have been taken out of context i would like to assure you at wix we pride ourselves on being an inclusive employer we fully respect that everyone has their own opinions beliefs and we want everyone to feel welcome in our stores except of course for those who display abusive behavior i very much hope we are able to welcome you to one of our stores again and now there with the uh the boycott wicks hashtag uh, many brits have said we're going to other hardware stores but all of the other hardware stores have changed their logos to rainbow so they're on board uh with pride months except for one and that is stool tool station remember uh, when Katie Hopkins, she was calling out the disgusting behavior of the ULES camera vandals. They were using filling foam from Tool Station 6, 669. So, Tool Station, uh, not only is it where uh, freedom vandals, vigilantes, uh, get their supplies to uh, destroy Sadiq Khan's cameras to police the ultra lower emission zone, but it's also now going to be where bigots go as well so tool station is yeah like as it's the it's the only one they they won't they won't they they won't tell bigots not to go to their store and they won't uh, discourage vandals from buying their products to go and vandalize the ulez cameras there so shame on tool station now on to other british news we have the first video of the uh, of one of the party gate parties uh, that of course uh, Boris Johnson uh, he the the privileges committee they were going to suspend him uh, for 90 days for misleading them on uh, what he knew about party gate now these were staff in number 10 they were telling people in december 2020 that the virus is so dangerous that you can't uh, that you can't gather indoors with people outside of your household yet this is what they were doing Right, 
Now look how petrified they were of COVID there. I mean, they were masterless in close proximity, dancing. And although this was a, remember, it was a business meeting, as Allegra Stratton said. The, the cheese and wine was just there for a, biz, uh, for, a, for a business meeting. That's what, that was the, remember the rationale that she said at the time. Uh, so, but of course, the, 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 the narrative is that they should be punished and fined by the police. No, the lesson is that these laws shouldn't have been imposed in the first place because the people uh, who are, uh, well, not enforced them, but implemented them, uh, weren't scared of the virus at all. Now, I did mention before uh, the tragic Nottingham attack. Uh, so three Nottingham locals uh, were stabbed uh, to death and three uh, were injured when a 31-year-old man from West Africa who had lived in the UK uh, for years, so he stabbed uh, three of them uh, to death. So two of the victims have been named, uh, Barnaby Weber and uh, Grace Kumar, both 19 and went to Nottingham University's university, had their whole lives ahead of them. And then uh, there, the, there was a a man in his 50s who was stabbed uh, to death uh, when uh, uh, this uh, this uh, immigrant uh, took his car and ran over these uh, three people where one was critically injured. Now, the, the mother of uh, the girl, Grace Kumar, this is what she told uh, the people at the Nottingham Vigil. Hello, Nottingham. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing your love for our babies. Be patient with us. We, we, we all want to say a little something. But what I want to say is that my beautiful baby girl, she wasn't just beautiful on the outside. You must have seen her pictures across the media. She was so beautiful on the inside. She was a treasured and adored child. She wanted very few things in life. She wanted to be a doctor. She wanted to play hockey with her pals. She wanted to have fun, because that's what all students want. They want to enjoy themselves. And all they were doing was walking home. They were just walking home after a night out. And like Emma says, Emma Weber says, this person must face justice. It just, it just is truly so unfair. But. I'll echo what my husband said yesterday. Be kind to each other. Look after each other. Don't have hate in your hearts. Say prayers for my baby girl. I can't say any more, but she did love Nottingham. I will say one more thing, just one more thing. Grace, Grace loved Nottingham, but she's not from Nottingham. And Barnaby loved Nottingham, but he's not from Nottingham either. We're from different parts of the UK. Grace from the southeast, Greater London, and Barnaby from, from the south, from Somerset, Taunton. And there's a huge, 
huge communities down there also needing help. Their schools, their friends, their families. So it's not just Nottingham grieving, but the, gra the, the, the magnitude of the grief reflects the magnitude of the love, the love we had for her. Thank you. I mean, the, the, uh, her mother, it, I mean, that, uh, that poor girl uh, who uh, was murdered, Grace Kumar, I mean, she was half Indian. Uh, the mother, Sinead, married an Indian man. So, of course, she's not going to uh, speak out against immigration since she did marry an immigrant. But I echo Paul Joseph Watson's comments that why would you want to import more like more men uh, that that uh, are as the statistics show are more likely uh, to commit such crimes because they say this is a a this was a man who did it or sorry he's a mentally ill man so what is it is, was it a mental health issue or was he just a he, he, he was a a man and so he did uh did a thing that all men are capable of doing. See the, see, see the gymnastics there. Now I've gone well over time, so I'll finish off the, the show. Uh, so the, with uh, so a COVID update. So the Center for Disease Control in the United States, the director, Rochelle Walensky, is stepping down. And so Joe Biden has nominated the North Carolina uh, COVID czar, Mandy Cohen, uh, to be the new CDC director. And this uh, is a brief uh, clip of her outlining how she decided to uh, make COVID rules. So I would call, probably the person I called most was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but you know, when she was like, are you, are you gonna let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, so, um, so uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you gonna think about lightening up a mess? They're like, she's like, next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. <laughs> Yeah, so she's just joking about how, yeah, we just made it up and made sure our approaches were consistent. So it looked like there was some logic behind behind them. And now in Australia, we have uh, the secretary of our uh, Department of Health and Aging, Professor Brendan Murphy, retiring. I remember he couldn't define what a woman was. It's a contested area. So the new head will be Blair Comley. Uh, who is an economist and uh, also has been head of other uh, Commonwealth departments, such as the Department of Resources, Energy and Tourism and the Department of Climate Change and Energy, and also the New South Wales Department of Premier and Cabinet. Uh, so lifelong uh, bureaucrat. Uh, now, the COVID cultists, they were upset uh, that uh, an economist uh, was, was picked. But one of uh, the, the, the most vocal COVID uh, zeros uh, throughout uh, the Australia's COVID response was uh, Stephen Duckett, a health economist who was also the head of Australia's health department in the, the 90s. And a lot of these COVID cultists who are part of this uh, 
a COVID zero extremist group, Ozsage, a lot of them aren't medical professionals. And there was one who, uh, who uh, provoked outrage uh, this week, a professor uh, of sociology at the U University of New South Wales, uh, Deborah Lupton. Uh, she is part of Ozsage. Uh, because obviously uh, there was immense sadness at uh, the Hunter Valley uh, wedding party bus tragedy where at least 10 people have died. Uh, she replied uh, that, uh, you know what else is disgrace? She was replying to another COVID zero, Henry Madison. Uh, the mainstream media eagerly leaping on the tragic wedding crash clickbait story while ignoring the continuing COVID deaths each week. Now, obviously, you can't compare the two uh, because if you look at the, the the people are dying, obviously with COVID, where those those young there were young people they had their whole lives ahead of them. They definitely died from the impact of the bus crash. Elderly people have died from respiratory viruses since the beginning of time, and COVID is just another one, like pneumonia, like the flu. It's obviously tragic when our elderly relatives die, but like, people don't live forever. And when they get to their 80s and 90s, which the overwhelming majority of COVID deaths are, I, they've had a good innings. And obviously we don't, we don't want people to die, but that is what happens. But it is right that it is like because th this bus crash, it was a sliding doors moment. May if the bus driver hadn't lost control of the car, I have to remember it's before the courts, then they'd all still be of be alive. Well, as we've as we as governments have found out over the past three years, you can't control a virus. And she also uh, hypothesized Deborah Lupton that uh, uh, maybe the driver was impaired by COVID. Uh, he's been arrested for dangerous driving on a safe, well-lit road. I mean, is uh, she offering a, a possible defense for the driver that I'm not responsible for the bus crash because I had long COVID? So yes, these are, these are, these are some of the discussions that these COVID zero ghouls have uh, online. I mean, the pandemic will never be over for them. They'll continue to wear useless masks forever. Linda Hunter says, apparently Robbie Williams has schlong COVID. That's why he can't perform. Uh, yes, they left on that, the COVID zero, saying, look, all of these musicians getting long COVID. Well, I think it's better for musicians to, like, if they can't get through a performance, not take drugs to get them through a performance, just say, look, can't do it. can't do it anymore. Like, it is worse for them to be hooked on adrenaline drugs to try and get through a concert. Pecosman says, I haven't seen anyone in masks in weeks. Well, that's fantastic to hear. I still see too many in ridiculous masks. Now, over in New Zealand, they are now officially in recession. Uh, they have a, a, an election uh, due in September this year. New Prime Minister Chris Hipkins up against uh, uh, the uh, National Opposition Leader Chris Luxon. The polls are very close, but the National Party and ACT Party uh, at the moment would be able to, based on the polling, form a new government and turf 
Labor and the Greens out. Obviously, we'll be covering the New Zealand general election coming up, but that is bad news uh, for uh, the Labor government, which, of course, was led by Jacinta Ardern uh, for five and a half years, and she hasn't helped the economic situation with passing the cow fart uh, methane tax. And obviously there is a whole bunch of other uh, socialist wrecking policies that she introduced, which Chris Hipkins is trying to undo. Uh, I will have uh, my report and video footage up uh, from the rally against smart cities in Berwick in the city of Casey, which happened on Saturday. I'll have my video and report hopefully up tomorrow night. And there'll be more reports from Tiger Mount with Richard Wollstonecroft coming up in the next uh, next couple of weeks. There's a lot of timely reports. Now, remember, if you don't want to send through a super chat, but still want to support the Unshackled, uh, you can send through, you, you can take out a premium membership of the Unshackled. Uh, we have a bronze membership uh, for $5 per month, silver $10 per month, gold $25 per month, and platinum $50 per month. I'm well over time. So thank you so much for watching. Stay sane, stay free, stay warm, stay happy, stay hopeful, and stay rational as well. Good night, everybody. Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's News Explosion.